complete shit. I mean, he did it. He literally argued for the, <laughs> the fact that there's nanobots in your head. You can control <laughs> no, at a subatomic pre- level. You can pre-program the subatomic <laughs> I nanobot. Didn't say I know, but like you're reminding me of like a robot that figures out it can reprogram itself. Oh, true. <laughs> hey, real quick, this is our tenth episode, and I think we've finally worked out most of the sound problems. No more poppy poppy. No more poppy poppy. No more poppy poppy. You can expect a new episode every Monday morning. We've never officially told people when we're going to be posting episodes. Oh, that's true. But you can expect a new episode every Monday morning for your morning drive into work. Or your family home evening if you live in Utah. If you're enjoying this podcast, we would love it if you would share it with your friends and family. Provide us with some feedback so we can grow and get better. This has been really fun to do, and we look forward to continuing down this journey with you all. Welcome to a Lunchtime Conversation. Hey, are we ready to go? The topic today is free will and whether we have it or not. Um, the, the, the video that I based this off of was comparing um, free will versus determinism. So free will, very, the very loose definition, is the belief that some human actions are freely chosen. There are no outside factors. Um, you, you essentially can choose anything at any you time. You control your own destiny. Yeah, yeah. You, you can choose the red or the blue pill. And you absolutely can choose either of them. It is within your power to do so. And then the alternative is determinism, which says that you can't. You do not have that choice. So determinism, the, the loose uh, definition here is the belief that all events are caused by past events such that nothing other than what does occur could occur. So red bill versus blue pill. What, what does he choose? What is in, in the Matrix? He chose the red pill. So determinism says there there was no other choice. He physically could not choose anything but the red pill. Blue pill was never going to happen. It, yeah. Was it an option? Yes, of course it was. Was he going to choose it? Never. Never in a million years would he have chosen that. It was determined. I just thought of something. Are you ready for me to start <laughs> yeah, talking? Yeah, yeah that, that's that's the intro. Then we'll so, go. So, the, so that was Braden's... Um, philosophy on it i i would say my philosophy philosophy starts to get that i would agree that you'd majority of humans uh, no how do i put this most people do not have free will the way you are raised the circumstances you in your your dna you're going to pick what you're going to pick because of those options so i would come at it from a i even believe which i'm i'm the most religious out of all you guys but i would even (laughs) believe that you only have like a 90% free or 90% determinism and 10% free will. It is, we are so programmed to think what we think, to do what we do from propaganda, from the news, from the way we were raised by our parents, from the friends that we have, the jobs that we have. Like, But does pre-programming through all that counter the free will argument? You still have the free will. And the reason I ask that is because you're, you're more on the religious side. And in religion, is it most religious text basically like you have the option to decide whether you want to go to heaven or hell? Correct. And based on what you do on this planet, it determines that. Correct. Giving you free will to determine your your outcome. Correct. But the propaganda and everything, which we can go down that conspiracy rabbit hole that it's all some (laughs) devil worshiping satanic cult to make you purposefully go to hell, right? That's like true conspiracy. Yeah. Um, Does that make it so you're never going to choose the free will choice? that they have, that they give you the red pill, blue pill, because you've been so propaganded towards the red pill. I would, are you asking like from a religious standpoint, how is that viewed? Yeah, because it sounds like you're, that wouldn't sync up with your religion. You not believing in free will 
wouldn't that sync up with your religion? You just said no. 10% is free will. True. Okay, I see. Yes, I see what you're saying. I would dare say from an LDS standpoint, which obviously that's the way I was raised, um, they do believe you have to be careful with your actions because they start to become habits. And I think that's more what you're saying is like, you don't even think about the stuff you're doing. Like you literally, you're on autopilot. So I would dare say even religion backs that up. They say you need to be careful with the things you're doing and the way you're thinking and the way you're acting because it becomes a habit and you stop having free will. And I'm on that. I believe that. And so I'd say religion actually would agree with me that 90% of your day is just going to be automation and the small choices you do make. Are you trying to make a choice that will make you better or worse in the future? But why do you make those choices? To be better or worse. And why do you want to be better or worse? To go to heaven or hell. And why do you want to go to heaven or hell? Because heaven's the good place. So all of that, that you influences everything. your decision. So, so, so that would that would fall into the ter- determinism. That's not my argument. Would be that's not free will because everything, all of the outside factors are forcing your decision forcing, or okay. influencing your decision. Okay. Yeah. So I'll go into some a little bit more here. Um, with determinism. It says that, um, what do I have written down here? Um, our actions are, are caused by our past experiences, right? Yep. So belief plus desire plus your temperament equals your action. Right? This is this, this video. I, I forgot the dang name of the video or else I'd credit it, but sorry, I'm, I apologize. So, so here's an example. Uh, oh, uh, your breakfast. I believe oatmeal is nutritious. Just Things in my life have led me to believe that oatmeal is nutritious. I desire a nutritious meal because I'm, I want to be healthier. I want to feel good. Those are those are the things that I want. So I desire oat. So that oatmeal is it would be a good choice here. Now my temperament, the things that I enjoy, the things that make me feel good, are Fruit warm. <laughs> yeah, that would Fruit okay. Loops. If that's the case, I may not choose oatmeal, but I like a warm comfy, you know, comfort food. So I'm going to choose oatmeal. I may not think of any of that stuff when I choose the oatmeal. But your beliefs, your desires, and your temperance help you choose that. Yes. I, I want to be healthy because I've, I feel like being healthy is probably good. I think oatmeal's healthy and I kind of like oatmeal. So therefore I'll choose oatmeal. Now, why would I not choose cereal? Well, because I don't think cereal is that healthy. So there, so I'm, I wouldn't choose that. I would not choose any other healthy choice. Well, maybe maybe I haven't seen a commercial for that choice in a that long time. Programmed, you yeah. Think so, that. like, cre- like the video used cream of wheat as a as a example. When's the last time you've heard of cream of wheat? What is cream of 20 wheat? Twenty years ago. I don't know. Uh, like five years ago. But you but you see oatmeal, you see, right? Yeah. Or, or granola, or so whatever. Was this an right? argument saying that free will is not really a thing, and it was actually determined based on the root of what you were just saying? Yes, everything is determined always. So if you think about it, nature, it's, it's physical. What, it, what If we break down determinism, everything is caused by something. So if, if a ball is flying through, a baseball is flying through the air, well, why? Well, because it was hit. That's why it's flying through the air. Yeah, it, it was hit falling, because it was, it was thrown by someone and someone passed that to the pitcher to yep. throw the pitch. And they, effect, that, yeah. that ball was made by this. Like you can you can trace everything back to yep. steps before it. So cause and effect. All of nature, all physical things are cause and effect. We are physical. We, we are in nature. And what are thoughts but physical things in your brain? 
physical chemical reactions in your brain? What causes those things? The, the world does. Physical physical things you had natural to things cause thoughts yeah. which cause decisions and that was the strongest argument i've ever heard for uh, why you don't have free will because in order to like a, a scientific way to prove that you don't have free will is you would have to be able to come up with a random thought in order for it to be random it would have to appear out of nowhere but physically Absolutely nothing but physically no, that's not possible from a physics exist correct unless Here's my here's my one thing okay. that I did find. So, because that again, like I, I, if you bring up the lottery, I swear, like, <laughs> or nanobots. I'm not gonna say either of those in the next sentence, but possibly okay. after the sentence after. Um, quantum mechanics. They are okay. starting to to dive into some quantum mechanics from the subatomic level to the point that particles are behaving very differently than they should be behaving based on physics. So that was. I'm gonna accredit chat B, chat GPT for all of this, but I've been <laughs> I've been doing some research on this, and it, it led me down this rabbit hole of quantum mechanics is probably the biggest argument from a physics standpoint that free will does exist because we look at the way the way atoms should work and interact in such a way that once we actually start to study them, we're wrong. And so from this, mm. could you have a random thought? Quantum mechanics is starting to prove that. Yeah, there could be something random. This atom is supposed to move to the left because it got hit by an atom to the right. There was an atom to the right that hit it, so it should be moving to the left. But the problem is it moves up, back, over, down, or over, just a then case to the left. Not understanding is that a case of our logic path from where we're at? We don't understand like scientific. We don't understand, but right. that's that's the only way that you could like prove that free will is or isn't a thing from a scientific level. Is like, okay, like you're you're this causes this, which causes this. And so in order to have a random thought, it would have to appear from nowhere. Well, that does happen at the quantum level. They are having things that just pop out of nowhere and then disappear. And so from a, so they are almost arguing that consciousness is some of that subatomic level stuff that. What's that test they did where they, they viewed atoms going through a lens or whatever. And the was, double slit experiment. The double slit experiment. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Now? So like how it, it behaves differently I, when you view it versus when you don't view it. So and that's what I was gonna say. That is something that's differently too. Is atoms do behave differently when they're being viewed versus when they're not being viewed, which is completely contradictory but, from. Is it though? Is it or is the argument that there's more cause and effect? Right yeah, there. it's more cause right. and effect. When the you effect view, is you're viewing it and it somehow causes, knows this. It we just don't know to change why or how right. or. So the double slit this experiment. Is the most scientific thing you're gonna <laughs> talk about. We're, we're, we're gonna lose in over our head right now. We're gonna lose everyone because we're gonna say stuff and the scientists are gonna think we're stupid. Then the stupid people aren't even gonna know what we're talking about. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, the double slit experiment. Way to explain it is they shine light through. There's two slits, and what it should do is it should put two slits on the wall. The problem is, is when you when you view it. There's several slits, and when you don't view it, there's two slits. I think is the best way to, or no, when they when they do view it, it shows several slits, and it's it's showing that, okay, the the photons behaving. are not behaving like oh, they yeah. thought they were. So I don't know. Again, I'm not smart enough to dive into it, but that's my probably my only thing to push back on. Like, I bet you, if if consciousness does exist from a free will standpoint, it's, it's happening. Quantum level. It's on the quantum level. <laughs> so when we go back to I, on the religion episode. Oh, we didn't have a religion episode on the death episode when we talked about religion and we talked about where do you exist and it's like this 
finite point inside your brain, mm-hmm. like where if, if you touch your nose, it's in front of you. If you touch behind your head, it's behind you. There's a small finite point. And what if consciousness actually exists in like the subatomic level? And that's what actually starts to to change some of this. And I would agree that 90% of us, 90% of our choices are not free will. We're programmed to think the way we think. We do what we and do. And we're lazy. Yes, so we we're lazy. We it. just go on autopilot. But if you do tap in to that small little subatomic level, you can start to influence your programming and your DNA and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I actually have found out that oatmeal is not that good. Holy shit, I'm, he did it. He literally <laughs> argued for the, the fact that there's nanobots in your head. You can control <laughs> no, at a subatomic pre, level. You can pre-program the subatomic <laughs> I nanobots. I say nanobots. I know, but like you're reminding me of like a robot that figures out it can reprogram itself. Oh, true. <laughs> like you can. But I would say that's the thing. If you think about it, most of the time you are just on autopilot. You just do what you do. You don't actually even think about your thoughts. You're just you're just yes. operating. Now, let, let me get in here because that, that's really good. You, for a lot of people, like not having free will or, or that, like it's it's a scary kind of thought. It's True. really uncomfortable. But you are kind of touched on this point where you can go on autopilot. You can be lazy. You can just choose the things that everyone else is choosing. But then if you break that, it feels very freeing. If you break that and be like, okay, why do I want these things? Why am I making the decisions that I'm making? Even from a not free will standpoint. Exactly. Just, okay. just from a learning yeah. about yourself standpoint. Yeah. Why am I making these decisions? If you can if you can start getting to that subatomic level of your thoughts <laughs> and, or, and thinking about like, okay, I made that decision because of this reason. Okay. Now you can start to to influence your own decisions. I understand why I'm always going left. I'm going to purposefully go right. Yes. Yes. And yes. And so going back, that's not free will. You reprogram yourself because you are researching your yes. brain. It's like people who know really well how they learn. It's like, no, I don't learn this. Like, in order for me to to learn this, I need to do these things. But would the cause and effect be that you already knew you were going to do that? So yes, like I would argue <laughs> that yes, everything has had the, up to your point has led you to that decision. Um, but you know, with it, with your little bit of, with, I am now programming everybody else to be able to do this thing. So you're welcome to, to, for unlocking you. This <laughs> <laughs> is Joe broke everybody. The, the thing that makes me think about this, who's see, have you seen Westworld? No, but you've talked to him. Oh, have lot. you seen Westworld? The first season or two? Do you remember the end of season one when I think it's the Thandie Newton, um, she's trying to break out and like someone hands her an iPad and they're like, no, like you are a robot. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, I can prove it to you. Like everything's pre-programmed and they hand her the thing and, and she goes to talk, but it types it before she talks it every sentence she says. And so it was like, no, this is just your programming. What was cool in there though, is because they're trying to obviously break out of their, their robot and be able to not break out of the robot, but break out of their slavery and be more than just a robot in a slave type situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she just sits there and think, and then she is able to start to reprogram herself to where the, the programming wasn't able to guess what she was able to do. So, oh, nice. so yeah. very, very similar. So, I mean, going back to it a little bit is if you, a way to, to, to feel more free, in my opinion, is figuring out what is causing your decisions and then try to influence those causes. Yes. And then, you know, it'll, it'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll feel like you have more control you your decision free will it may not be free will but you yeah. feel like it is yes it'll it'll feel more free but really what you're doing is you're kind of hacking <laughs> you know you're hacking your own deterministic brain 
Yep. <laughs> Which, it, uh, if I were to say there's one takeaway from whether you start to look at free will or not free will, I would hope that the takeaway from this episode is try to think about the way you're thinking. Like, don't just go about life on autopilot. Like, actually think about why am I, even from an emotional standpoint, why am I sad right now? Okay, well, what is that emotion tied to? And where does that emotion tie to? And then where does that emotion tie to? And like, actually, whether it's free will or whether it's determinism, like, you can change your life. You can be mm-hmm. a better human being. You can make decisions that make you feel happier and better. And, and I think that's the cool thing. Whether you believe in free yes. will or not, you can hack the system, like Braden said, for and some, get to a point to be yeah, better. For no, some you're people, um, like, like, I, like we said earlier, the thought of not being able to have free will is really scary because they, cause right there, well, then I, why do I feel the way I feel? Like That becomes scary. Like That makes no sense. But if you look at it from from the lens that you just laid out, it actually becomes a little bit more freeing. True. Because you can look at it from both lenses and still do the same thing. And well, and it gives you take control, control back into your core. Yeah. Yes. You control your own life, your own and your, and your own brain. And it gives you that that free will, but it's not necessarily free will if you don't believe in the free will side of it. Yeah. I had an so, example but, today uh, where at, at work somebody said something to me. I brought up an issue. Somebody said something to me, which was a valid response. And I got upset at their response. I was like, how how could you think that I'm not running that down and doing my job? But my my initial instinct was kind of irrational to get upset at them. And I thought about it. And I, I, before you did this episode, I thought about it. I'm like, why am I upset? Because I would I would have reacted the exact same way they did if I would have heard what I, what I said. So it was really on me to control the situation with what I said and how I felt about it versus getting upset at their response. Yep. Giving me back the control once I thought about it. Had I not thought about it, I probably would have just been upset and been like, why'd they respond that way? Yeah. I, um, Sam Harris talks about free will a lot. So that's someone you could check out on, on YouTube or podcasts. But one thing he talks about that was freeing for him when he started to dive into it. Yeah. Dive into it was sometimes we get so angry at other people because of what they're doing. But if you think about it, they are just on autopilot. Most likely, I would say a vast majority of the, the human race, they are just on autopilot. Yeah. They're just doing what they're programmed to do. And so sitting in a Walmart aisle, just standing there, not, yeah, even, and we, yeah, not even looking at you. And we get so frustrated, but you could back off and say, no, that's just like, that's them. That's who they are. They're not trying to be an asshole. Or they're not trying to be mean. Like, that's just their programming. And so it's freeing almost from a how other people treat you. It's just that that's them. That's who they are. And so that was that was kind of cool too, because it takes away from when someone pulls out in front of you and cuts you off on traffic from a why would they make that decision to cut me off? And it's like a no, that's just that's just them. Like if that they were making a good decision. Yeah. And you don't you don't need to be mad. Like that's just part of life. And so yeah, I I, I like that because it it takes away some of the stress of what other people's decision making is doing. You just remind yourself you're the main character and they're all AI, they're all NPCs. And you're like, yeah, yes. that makes sense. NPCs they're just put on that. this earth to challenge you, right. to see if you're getting into heaven or hell. <laughs> yes, exactly. See how many people you can kill. NPC, <laughs> they would. So, um, so where do you guys land then? Like, you know, clearly I'm deterministic. I actually don't believe that there is no free will. So, oh, here's another thought. We've talked about this before, but not here. My belief is that if you had enough data of everything that happened in everyone and any person's life, you would be able to predict every decision that they made. Now that, uh, that's, that's a hefty. Like, well, I think you can go one further. If you knew what every atom did prior to their, their existence in their body and every atom's going to do 
currently, you can predict what every atom's going to do in the future. Therefore, even predicting how they're going to move, their motions, their their right, everything they do. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, you, because you, of the cause and effect, this atom bounces yes. against this one, which bounces therefore, against this one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, so even even down to, you know how you you just know people sometimes, like your best friends, like you could go to them and pose them with a decision, and you know their response. Yeah. <laughs> Or even like your spouse, like me and me and Ashley do it all the time, where we say the same thing at the exact same time, or we're thinking the exact same thing, mm-hmm. the exact same thing for dinner. Yes. How how are you able to know people? Well, because their decisions are influenced by these things that you've learned about them, and so that then you can predict them. So so if we just extrapolate that out, if you can just know more things, then you'd be able to predict more things. Yeah, and I and that's where I brought up like the Westworld experience. I think it is true. You could. You could get to a point, and I think we will get to a point that you will be able to. Westworld does get into this, I think, in ep- in season three. There is a there is a computer. Oh, this oh man, this ties in so well. There's a computer. <laughs> there's a giant AI that actually starts to predict everything that's going to happen. There the the twist in this in that season though is they call them outliers. So there's people that it's able to guess 98% of what it's doing, but the 2% that it can't guess, it's disruptive to society. Mm-hmm. So it takes those people and it either kills them off, it studies them to try to get better. So that was kind of the twist. And so I, I would almost agree with Westworld, but even from like a my standpoint, I bet you we will get to a point in the future that you can predict people's decisions because we have so much data. Um, we kind of can now oh, as yeah. it is, you know, with advertising, we have enough data. Well, that is entire advertising's brain. job is to do exactly that and is, push you one way or yes, another. Yes, is if I do these things, these are the outcomes, and these outcomes are good for business. So let's continue to do those things. Let, let me ask this question because this kind of gets deep. If if we get to that point, if you guys believe we're going to get to that point where you can tr- predict everything, wouldn't you have people go, well, what's the point of living? Like, What's the point of being here if I'm predictable to the point where it's going to happen anyways? Whatever is already determined. It, I, people are... Put yourself in those shoes. Say you get hammered drunk tonight at a party. You know you're going to feel like shit tomorrow. Are you still going to get hammered drunk to have fun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so I think that's that's part of it is even if we got to a I don't think anyone would. You're some people, anyways. yes. Some people, yes, would be like, well, this is stupid. It's all determined and I don't even care. But I think most people would still want to experience life and they'd just ignore it if they if they didn't want to listen to it. Same thing, like if you found out you were in a simulation that was already predicting you, it was just a computer program predicting every movie you were making, would you feel like, would you still be like, ah, I'm going to just live it out? Yeah, the only way that it would make me extra uncomfortable is if things were happening, like I was, things were happening because of that data, because I was being predicted that I didn't like. Does that make sense? Like just, just because you can predict my, Uh, my response that's fine. I, I, that doesn't affect me too much. But well, now, now when you when you can predict it, and now you're now you're influencing me, or you're or you're changing things to where it becomes unenjoyable for me. True. Like almost to a point that like you go home to have a, a conversation with your significant other, but they got on this program to see what you would say, so they don't even want to talk to you because they're like, I already know what you're gonna say, so I'm just going to bed. Yes. Now, now, like, now you've ta- now hell? you're taking experiences away. Yes. Yep. So going back to my percentage, I would say I'm I'm through and through. Eighty percent of me is program determinism, and I would say there is that ten percent where I I do have free will. But I would say it's very hard to get there. Like it's it's mm-hmm. difficult to 
to try to change it. I would even say from a non-free will, it's difficult for people to look at why they're making the decision and where that came from and why it connects to this. And so I think that's the, that's the part is try to get better at that. I would say that's a, a point of like almost stoicism or, or being a monk. Like they spend a lot of time like diving into that. Like, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking or meditation? It's like a, why can't I think about just one thing? Why do all these other thoughts come into my brain and where do they come from and how do I control them and think better thoughts? Well, and, and sometimes that's scary, right? You, you have, a, <laughs> you have a, a thought or decision and you ask, well, why did I make the decision? And then you get an answer from yourself. <laughs> like, okay, well, why, why did I, why was that the answer? And then you get another answer from yourself. Okay, well, now this is getting weird. Yeah. And then you ask, then there's another question that you ask and you don't like the answer to it. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm done doing that. Yep. You know, like it, it, yeah. it, it can be scary. Or, yep. you know, the the opposite of where you are on autopilot and all of a sudden you just gain consciousness, consciousness out of nowhere sometimes. Like you're driving mm-hmm. down the road and you're like, where'd that past 30 minutes go? Why True. was I just in full autopilot? And that's the scary thing is there, that happens probably the most in driving situations because people will be on autopilot and not remember the past 15 blocks they just drove. They were they were not conscious during that time mm-hmm. frame. Where are you at then percentage-wise? Um, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, I'm probably 99.9% determinist. Deterministic. Deterministic. Really? Yeah, I think from a scientific level, if you knew every part about every little atom or every little molecule, you could determine anything. And I would say my my 10%, I would say from a scientific level, we will get to a point that you just can't figure out subatomic stuff. It's just too unpredictable. Well, even even when we can, on. even when Ant Man can, there's got to be an explanation for everything, right? There isn't though. You look at like even the Hubble telescope. They sent it out, or is that what the new one's called? No, no, no it was the, the James Webb. James Webb. The James Webb. The James Webb got got out there, and it sent information back, and all the scientists are like, "Shit!" Just because we don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know, you, but that's yet. The, and that's the thing is, I think. What's below the subatomic level? What's you, below? You want to know a secret in there, scientific there. community? It's not a secret, but for real, like we're still pretty stupid. We are still. <laughs> oh yeah. We we are still ape descendants. We and, are not very smart. And I guess my point is, is for us to finally get to the point that we can know everything would be like billions, quintillion years down. Oh the road. yeah, but still. But it's possible. Yeah. Oh, See that hard. that's that's where what, was it? Is it almost infeasible? Probably maybe. <laughs> True. But is it possible? Yeah, yeah, probably. I could, I could see that. There's an explanation for everything. I think if if the universe is infinite, which I believe it is, and if time is infinite, which it could be, there's theories that it, it will happen. But time's infinite. Mm-hmm. Universe is infinite. Given enough time, we will learn everything about everything. How's time infinite though? The there was a big bang that started something, so there was a there was a. But there was there. something before that. How do you know? <laughs> I I would I. <laughs> So we know from a scientific level, there there was nothing before the Big Bang. One of my agen- one of my agendas is that time isn't linear, which we, I want to get into at some point of how time is just there. Time is a is, is a dimension. It's not necessarily a linear progression system. When we talk about that, can we talk about? I heard on a podcast the other day that light is is relative from the from the point that it acts differently on what is happening, like. Like if you if you're on a if you're on a subway and I and Braden's further upstream on the subway and I throw a ball at him at 10 miles an hour, to us that ball went 10 miles an hour, but the subway was going 70 miles an hour. So how fast was that ball traveling on Earth? It was traveling 80 miles an hour because it was a 70 plus the 10 that it went. Oh, you threw it forward. 
I threw it forward, so, so, so it went 80 it, miles an hour. But they talked about how light does not do that. Yeah, yes. so what you're getting at is, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said it, if you were on a rocket ship going 99.99999% the speed of light, and you turned on your high beams, what are your high beams doing? They're shining out in front of you. Are they? Yeah. They can't. It's impossible. Because you're going the speed of light. The speed of light is constant. It can't possibly get in front of you if you are going the speed of light. Mm. Interesting. So so everything in front of you would just be black because cause nothing... Cause well, well, there's light there. Up. You would be hitting light. Yeah, you'd be running into light. light. You would never see your light. You think we could get Nell deGrasse Tyson to come down Dude, here for an episode? if we keep talking like this, <laughs> we'll send him he'll an get episode. pissed off enough, <laughs> and he'll start correcting us. He's like, yes, we need to have it. We need to have a chat. <laughs> I don't even want to deal with those guys. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's where I land. I think everything can be determined at, at some, some point. point. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Bye. See ya. You can catch us on a Lunchtime Conversation on Instagram and Facebook. Go ahead and send us a message. And on Twitter or X, it is a lunchtime convo. You can also email us at a lunchtime convo at gmail.com.